episode of the Akin Asia podcast. My name is Nikki and I'm the director of Akin Asia. And this week I spoke with Alisa or Alice, who is the co-founder of a social enterprise called Social Giver. I've known Alice for a couple of years now as she's been involved with Akin Asia previously as a speaker in our panel discussions. So when our previous podcast guest Gigi mentioned I should speak with her, I was excited to sit down and chat with Alice more deeply. Alice and her work with Social Giver is really a pioneer of social enterprise in Thailand, being one of the first key players to implement this unique business structure in Bangkok. Alice is often featured in media articles, travels frequently, and is involved in countless projects. She has endless amounts of bubbly energy and passion for her work, and we meet to talk on a steamy hot Saturday morning in Bangkok. Good morning, Alice. Hi. How are you? Very good this morning. <laughs> you just got in from yoga, is that yes. right? Yes. I consider, I'm trying. Trying to, to do yoga. <laughs> I don't do yoga either. I think it's great. Um, we're here today with Alice from Social Giver. Can you tell us how long you've been running Social Giver for? Well, I've, I have been running Social Giver, I would say, almost four years now. I mean, from the idea stage, yes. I considered um, already kind of having it running in my mind for quite a while and and kind of bouncing off different ideas and seeing how our whole business model evolved over time. So if you count from the moment that socialgiver.com was launched, it was just about two and a half years ago, but okay. it took its own time to kind of crystallize and always going through different types of experimentation in the very beginning before we are where we are now. So from idea stage, it's been about four years, but the site launched and went live about mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Yes. And you were working in corporate before that, yes. right? Were you, was, was the social giver idea kind of forming while you were still in your corporate job? Well, I think it was between me and my co-founder that really was um, trying to take a step beyond just about the, our volunteer work that we've been doing. We wanted to build something that was more sustainable and also more scalable over time. And we wanted to see how is it that we can help the social projects locally within Thailand at first. And so it was one of those things where you feel that, you know, things starting to come together but I felt that it was a more of a shift between all the different problems that I've seen, as well as my friends that are working in the social sector. So, you know, working in corporate was actually just a great way for me to kind of structure my thoughts around how I would want to take this on further, rather than it just being a volunteer project. Right, and build experience as well. I think yes. it's really important Definitely. having having that structure and having that background in a company to be able to build experience and then take something and scale it, mm -hmm. right? So I'm sure actually a lot of our listeners will probably know about Social Giver already because you've been around a long time. You're everywhere, Alice. Every oh. single event I go to, every time I, I, I see a, a new post, um, you're, you're out there all the time, which is so fantastic. But could you just give maybe a short wrap-up of what Social Giver is for people who are not familiar. Yeah, sure. Um, Socialgiver.com is what we created was uh, is a platform 
like a lifestyle platform that connects businesses, social projects, and people in a way that when everybody's able to give something, they receive something much more valuable in return. So if you visit socialgiver.com, you'll see that uh, we have a whole range of social uh, kind of lifestyle experiences for you to shop whether it's hotels, restaurants, activities, even airline tickets, concert tickets sometimes. But you know, all the fun, all the money that you spend on Social Giver basically becomes a fund for the social projects that we have already handpicked that are transparent, that are uh, of good quality and have a clear strategy to create change. Therefore, what we want to essentially do is allow people to live fully and be able to help other people fully at the very same time. We feel that it's not just about you know, doing uh, good once in a while. I know everybody leads a very busy lifestyle, so how can we embed doing good as a part of our more day-to-day decision-making? So we feel that a lot of the time when we make a donation, it's always from a very finite pool. Yes, uh, and But on the other hand, you feel that there is always a little bit of more kind of disposable income for people to enjoy themselves with their family or with their friends. And it should be a part of doing good as well. So it allows you to basically enjoy a meal out with your family or buy concert tickets or flight tickets, uh, flight tickets or, or even hotel stays. But at the same time, knowing that the funds that you paid through Social Giver goes towards projects that do, are doing a really good work. Yes, absolutely. I've bought um, a ticket through Social Giver. It's oh, the only you. thing that I've bought <laughs> through Social Giver so far. But I also saw that you have some really amazing flight deals, um, yes. airline tickets from Bangkok to Phuket or Bangkok to Krabi uh, that I was looking at, at um, purchasing as well. And the, the amazing thing is that it's a lot cheaper actually purchasing flight tickets or purchasing something on Social Giver. But then also once you purchase, once you go through the, the ticket process, the purchase process, is that you see where your money is going. Yes. Which is which is so exciting. Which projects that your money is helping fund? Yes. Uh, so I bought a ticket a little while ago to Color Music Festival. I oh, think. that's great! Color when I was here in Bangkok, and um, gosh, I actually can't remember where the money was going, which foundation mm-hmm. it was going to. But it was just such a nice feeling yes. um, on a, as a customer's from a customer point of view. It's such a nice feeling seeing that you're going out, you're enjoying yourself, you're buying a ticket to go and have fun with friends, but at mm-hmm. the same time, your money is being put into a worthy cause yes definitely and you can actually go back and check where it goes and Mm. then we're hoping to find a mechanism to also update you on that you're able to support this cause and where is it heading right now but we try not to make it a a, you know too overwhelming sometimes i feel that it's important to celebrate different achievements for the different projects at the same time uh, getting people to feel as if their level of involvement increases over time as well um, do you remember the first moment that you kind of became interested in, in social enterprise? I mean, because social enterprise is quite a unique structure, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, a business, essentially, that, that generates income rather than a nonprofit or a charity organization that relies on funding from external donors. A social enterprise is something that has a revenue stream to then be able to give to, to charities. Can you remember the first time that you became interested in this type of Actually, it was more of starting off wanting to start a nonprofit at sure. first, uh, because we tend to feel that supporting a nonprofit or even having your 
our own nonprofit allows you to create social impact. And then once we start doing a little bit more research, we start to see different types of business models that it runs on a clear business model and revenue generating stream, just like you mentioned, Nikki. Uh, but at the same time, the heart of the business is to create social impact. And we love the fact that if we can create sustainability, we can actually bring up the fact that doing good is good for business. Yes. And so this actually was really intriguing. We started to see different models around the world being very successful, but at the same time, it does take time to actually create that awareness for different people to why would they support social enterprises? Why is it important to have uh, social enterprises in, in each of the um, communities? And how would that also generate economic value at the same time create positive social impact. So it's really about educating the people between the whole streamline of, imagine if as a spectrum, where one side is a full functioning uh, for-profit organization, and on the other side of the spectrum, it being a nonprofit organization. And somewhere in between would be social enterprises and responsible businesses. So if you can imagine this whole spectrum of social enterprises kind of tilting a little bit more towards the social impact side, but at the same time having a clear way in, it in which the business will be running. So when we start to see the different options that are out there, we decided to find different ways to basically tackle a problem first. And at that time, we had a whole group of kind of core team, like volunteers that really wanted to create something together. And we thought, there are so many issues out there that we need to tackle. But even before starting Social Giver, we ran a nonprofit project that was a citywide ideas exhibition. Okay. And what was that called? It was called Idea Cubes. Okay. So Idea Cubes came about because we wanted to create a way that to show that, you know, Doing small little things, but if a million people or more do it, it creates huge social impact. So we ended up working with 100 artists, designers, architects from all over Thailand. You know, from really up and coming artists, street artists, really um, popular illustrators, even clothing designers and disabled youth that are extremely talented and actually letting them pick an idea in which we have sourced online and offline. Small ideas that can make create big impact. So they picked one idea, and then what they did was they, uh, they were given a one meter by one meter cube. And this cube structure, uh, we actually let them assemble it themselves in the way they want it. Mm -hmm. And they will be producing an artwork that represent that particular idea. Okay. And we will be displaying it all over Bangkok. So this is something that's coming up soon. Oh, this was prior actually to this was giver. prior to social giver right, right, right. because at that time we were thinking what kind of social cause should be um, kind of rallied for, and then we realized that it was not just a handful. Right. There were actually hundreds of things that we could be doing together. But it's really about raising awareness before we actually can source out the right people to say hey, these are the people who are really committed to taking things further mm -hmm. and are actually kind of stimulating their passion to create a certain type of change. But change can start from ourselves without having to wait for other people yes. to kind of start something. So that's why we started Idea Cubes first and say, hey, we need to use art as a magnet 
And sometimes I wish that we would be actually doing idea cues like right now where there's more hype. You know, sometimes we feel we're too ahead okay. of what's going on at that time. Yes. And to, to be honest, it could have even been more successful right. because um, of, of the involvement that we're getting from so many different parties. But at the same time, you know, art, art for Thai people was not easily digestible. Yes. Um, many years back. We did that in like 2010, 2011. And then the flood hit us. Yes. And then wow. it was it was a it was a very challenging time to actually um, try to put all the whole exhibition together because our artist was actually spread out uh, everywhere. And it was actually uh, a really, really good story in which we could have documented it better and really share it to other people. And we hope that one day, you know, there's been so many requests for us to redo this. You know, so if anybody's Who listening, knows? Yeah, exactly. let me know. I mean, uh, when we when we started uh, Idea Cubes at that time, we had a, over 50 volunteers helping wow. us set up the exhibition. And, you know, we're doing crazy time for setups because we were setting it up in, like, uh, Siam area, you know, Central World, even like Empire Tower, where there's okay. like office buildings and shopping malls. And we wanted to basically go everywhere that has like high foot traffic for Thai people. To engage the public. Yes, and, and let them like use art as something that, oh, what's that? What's well, interesting? And then there's just a short blurb on that idea. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of gets people to, to be triggered to know more about what is it that that we want and sometimes the ideas are small as you know instead of giving flowers why don't we give like living flowers or potted plants or um not to eat shark fin or yes. to forgive someone right you know they're ideas that are really small and regardless of age gender background anything rich or poor you can do it yes yeah. oh that's it's inspiring it's giving me goosebumps <laughs> um you mentioned just a little bit earlier about um, sometimes thinking that social giver was is a little bit too new or too early for um, maybe for adoption or just you're just a little bit too ahead of the curve. Um, and I wanted to ask because I know that you've been quite instrumental at governmental level in Thailand advocating for social enterprise and, and social impact. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, your work with governments? Well, we are not working with them directly. We do have uh, representatives that are working with the government directly on this as well but we are basically sitting on uh like on the committee for like i think there's a handful of kind of uh, social enterprises that have been running for some time and a diversity of social enterprises that have been running for some time and because i have friends in social on uh, that are running social enterprises in agriculture in community development in product development there's just so many areas it's just that social givers stood out as a platform that became a financial instrument for future social entrepreneurs so in the future we don't just want to raise funds for charities but we know how hard it is that for fellow social entrepreneurs to to be able to be to be uh even to have cash flow right you know and we feel that if they're doing good um, 
we, we try to support each other in this community. But at the same time, being able to be recognized as a legal entity will allow different social enterprises to feel that they have a firm stand on the ground. Sure. They're able to attract the right talents to join this pool of people. And we are also being supported with uh, different types of tax incentives mm -hmm. or even provide incentives for those that are working with social enterprises and you know we haven't we haven't heard of the finalized kind of handbook on how that's going to look like. But you know the bill has passed, and we're hoping oh. to see okay. uh, this uh, kind of be more tangible and being communicated like soon. Yes, that's and uh, I think this is a good time so that even universities would start recognizing that it's important to not just teach about business and business schools, right. but about how social entrepreneurship could actually be also the next level in which your business students mm -hmm. could, could also venture out into. It also allows um, different opportunities for social impact investors or even with uh, different uh, VCs that are having a social impact investment arm or even those who are working in family offices or in large foundations or those who are engaged in philanthropy to start also seeing how they can actually put their money in with social entrepreneurs to make like kind of a more business uh, sustainable model to create solutions for for the society basically mm. yeah. so it's so many dimensions yeah absolutely <laughs> and just backtracking a little bit for people who don't know um this environment and this landscape is that currently the thai government do not um legally recognize a social enterprise is it, am i correct in saying that there's there's kind of two ways that you can incorporate uh either there's an, an incorporation of for-profit business or you can uh, structure yourself as a as a charity as a yes. foundation, yes. but but the the legal binding um, registration I guess for a social enterprise does not exist. No, it doesn't. Okay. So and that's what you're really working. I think uh, Thailand has been kind of looking out of the country as well to see different types of ways in which Models. you can help regulate social enterprise or what qualifies as a social enterprise, sure. so that um, we understand is a sensitive issue. And we don't want to like uh, stir up any controversy. But at the end of the day, I believe that a lot of the people that are working in social enterprises, sometimes they don't even know that they're doing this. Right, right. And they have been running it for quite some time. And they've been trying to test out different ways to not just um, give somebody one time and then that's done with, but rather seeing how you can kind of help them evolve yeah, and, and build that as build well. That impact. Mm -hmm. But in, in Thailand, there's just so many aspects to supporting both from a pro programmatic way, systematic way, a feel-good way. You know, there's just so many ways, but I feel it has to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So when we knew uh, two and a half years ago that uh, there are some parties and some individuals that have been... Uh, are the key players to driving, you know, having social entrepreneurship being recognized. That was two and a half years ago. Right. You mean key players at governmental yeah, level? They sure. are they are working on this. But the thing is, you know, for myself, I don't know how long it will take. Yes. So I just went ahead with it anyways. Yes. And we didn't want to just say, hey, we are a nonprofit uh, charity, even though our our initial baseline model is as a nonprofit. 
but we went ahead and registered as a company because we are not sure how the business will evolve over time and we we want to be as transparent as possible with people that work with us. You mentioned also about um, the government, the Thai government or and other players in the region looking to looking to other countries and looking to other structures across Southeast Asia and across this region. Do you know of any existing structures in countries yes, opposed uh, to us? Does Singapore like, have anything? Um, Singapore actually have other types of structure that support social entrepreneurship, right, from universities to government. Um, but I think that the registration process is fairly simple, and they wouldn't even mind that it is uh, registered as a company. Right. And but there, I think one of the ones that really stood out was in India, okay. where they actually get different companies to also be able to deduct the 2% of their profit towards doing social good. So that means it's not just about being able to build more kind of CSR projects, but basically how would they like to invest that in other social impact initiatives that are more sustainable long-term as well. So India, I feel that they're very well ahead. And a lot of the time I feel that it's driven by problems that they see on a day-to-day basis. And that's when they feel that they're not complacent. Mm. actually see that there's something that's that really surrounds them and we're going to take action and yeah. we're going to do something about yeah. it so i feel that in some communities the problems are so like in your face that you know the youth are really stepping up their game to doing this that's exciting yeah. it was at this point in the conversation that i asked alice about her frequent travel and her involvement in conferences and educational discussions around the world She spoke of how fortunate she feels to be able to have these opportunities, but also has to be very clear with the organisers about the level of her involvement and the message that the event is trying to send. Alice explains that one of the things she likes most about her travel commitments is being able to inspire and engage youth. If young people can actually see that this is an option in their career path, that they can build a life of purpose and more meaning, then they can put their skills to great use, you know? Create a, a new generation of social entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that are really interested in giving back and, and creating impact. Yes, definitely, because a lot of people would feel that, okay, it is true that some people will say, oh, there's so much funding out there. Well, I still hear a lot of issues within fellow social entrepreneurs about, well, they heard that there's funding, but the Where funding is, is the funding is not deployed. Yes. Or... Um, a lot of the time, the funding that they need is not large enough. Sure. Therefore, the person who manages the funds will feel like, I don't want to manage like a lot of small little funds. Mm-hmm. Or, and at the end of the day, it's not just about funding, it's attracting the right talent. So how do we actually make sure that, you know, these young people that are moving into the social enterprise space, we are, act- we are actually having higher expectations of recruiting this group of uh, young people as well when they come to start working with us that it's not just about joining a startup that is exciting or has a great business model but it's about do you have the commitment and the discipline to carry through yeah when times get tough because they do get tough it's just a thing of life right Mm -hmm. (laughs) it happens (laughs) Uh, you talked about talent tell me about your team how big is your team so including myself and my co-founder we have 12 people now so I would say that we just had a huge jump in our uh, the number in our team just for the past month. Okay. Uh, we found that we have been very lean since the very beginning, and we try to be moving forward as well. 
we want to attract the right talent to create this uh, culture that is really proactive, that is the type of you know, A players that want to work with other A players. Uh, and I'm very, very fortunate that the people in my team decide to join Social Giver are all very talented. They actually came uh, from corporate and they are actually very well equipped uh, in many ways, but at the same time, their heart is in the right place. And they're not afraid of hard work. They know that this is what's coming at them, and they know that they have to be very flexible in, in doing so. But I love the chemistry that my team has, and we are on the same wavelength for humor, <laughs> so that's very good. <laughs> kind of keeps us going. I mean, and, funny. Uh, and we have a lot in common, not in our characteristics. Everybody is just so uniquely different. Which and, is great. And, and we love that because um, each each uh, member of the team is like just outstanding in, in, in their own personalities, which is, is a fun quirk to have. But at the same time, they're also very responsible in their own roles. They know yes. that they have to develop to be the, the expert at whatever that scope role. that they do. But at the same time, you will be able to see us at a booth and it might be my programmer who's trying to sell Social Giver <laughs> in his very kind of like introverted way. But then at the same time, they're he being doesn't. real. Yeah. yeah, he's just like, um, this is what I developed. <laughs> I want you to try it. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't pitch it the same way like my content writer would yes. or my graphic designer would. But, but it's his own yeah, way. And and he's I, in, in his own way, he's passionate about yeah. it. And so and so sometimes I, I hope you guys don't mind if like you meet uh, some of my team members at the <laughs> event and we're we're not all you know kind of extroverted <laughs> and like really uh, good at pitching you know but we do try and I feel that I wanted them to be very comfortable in their own style of kind of presenting social giver and what it means to them to other people so that they say oh how can you shop and you actually make a difference and you know a lot of the time our struggle is basically being able to say hey it comes together as this, this sandwich right you can't just like you know it's not about just about shopping experiences and it's not just about doing social impact but on social giver you do both at the very same time so you know we do we do you know, struggle in our own ways to try to communicate to right. people that it's not two separate things. Here it's a new you do. Concept. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a new concept, and struggles always come when when there's a new concept, mm -hmm. and you're trying to communicate that. Absolutely. Yes. Um, one of my last questions for you, Alice, is what does the future hold for Social Giver? What is your big grand vision? Where do you where do you wow. see it? <laughs> where do you see it going? I mean. I, I was asked this question before, like in an interview, and I'll be like, you know, personally, if I can impact a million lives, you know, both human and animals, environment, any social cause that we're, we support, and I would already be very much content and feel that, you know, I, I have achieved something. But of course, like, then my co-founder, he's like, nudging me and like, no, we're, we're actually building a platform that could help billions of lives, you know, and when we scale it globally, that's when we actually can see that there's impact, not just within our home country here, but everywhere, you know, and I feel that it is sometimes big, big targets like that it scares us. Absolutely. <laughs> and we feel that Wow, we have How to do I get there. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's like, a big hill to climb. Yeah, and, and we feel that there's 
so much that either we lack or we need help from, or that, you know, am I really at the level in which could do that? And we have self-doubt, but at the same time, it's really about how, how do we take it to the next level? How do we get the word out there so that people know what we're doing? Um, and even though we're, we're not like um, kind of having all the resources, but we try to be as creative as possible and like partnering with so many cool people. And uh, we're, we're very fortunate on that level. But at the same time, like, I really feel that it's, it's very true. The culture that we have built is that, you know, if you want to change the world for the better, you can't half-ass do it. <laughs> so if you're gonna be working with us, like we expect like full commitment. Yeah, we expect that you're actually pouring in, you know, as much as you can, but that you're not also afraid that you know, some things might not work out and then we start all over again and trying out different things. But, you know, I had the mentality by a very dear friend of mine that used to work with me in corporate and he, he'd teach me all sorts of things so that, you know, you can't try to create a solution if you come from the fact that you want to be convenient about something. Right. Some things will be very inconvenient for you. So you have to live with that and overcome that and... And sometimes you have to say that you tried by all means, ethically, to do different ways to make certain things happen. And a lot of the time, I feel that the reason why Social Giver is where we are now is because me, my co-founder, many of us that are working in Social Giver, we ourselves have been helping our friends doing their projects over a long time. And I don't know, by some good karma, <laughs> When we started something, you know, everybody wanted to help us. They, they see our true intentions and wanting to do this consistently over time. And a lot of the time, we know that we might need to make certain compromises in our personal life, but we feel that, you know, we can live with it. And I'm sure that a lot of the time, one question that actually came up to me from somebody else I also met was, what's the purpose of wealth? Why do you want to be so wealthy for? And a lot of the time, I think that a lot of us have been, um, you know, I have been in those positions where you feel like, oh, this is a really good challenge for me to keep going, you know? But then sometimes we need to reflect on what is the purpose of wealth? What is it to you? And I believe that life is very short. And a lot of the time, it's about managing whatever time we have and making the most of that. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you, Alice. I'd like to ask you now, because as I was explaining to you a little bit earlier, the, the reason behind these podcasts or, or one of the things that we like to do with these podcasts is rather than myself or my team at Akin Asia picking who we should talk to next, um, because this podcast is a series of interviews, right? Um, and in them, we interview female founders or, or women who are just doing some really great work in, in their particular scene sector. So I'd like to ask you whether you could recommend on someone who we should interview next. Wow, I'd like to. Um, I have so many people yes. that I would want to advise. And um, I think one interesting person I found that she's very inspiring and I've seen her so persistent with what she's doing is Oil, Oil is uh, running OSPA. So she does a range of different toiletry products that are of spa quality 
and have been exporting into many countries around the world. And she kind of almost single-handedly grew her business. And we started off at pretty much the same time from idea stage. Okay. And I feel that she's like way ahead of me. And despite her juggling, you know, being pregnant, having a baby, and like still running the business and running the show and like really exploring new markets, I feel that her experience would be actually very helpful to share with other people to see you know how can you start off small but actually great gain that type of traction grow big Mm -hmm. great I'm so excited to to speak with her before we end um can you give some of our listeners um, a few ways to get in touch with you whether that's through Facebook whether that's a website Mm -hmm. whether that's an email address up to you yeah, sure. Um, you can visit us at socialgiver.com. Mm-hmm. You can check out any cool social giver experiences that you'd like. Um, we even have a feature that you can send it as a gift for a friend digitally oh, as well. So that it's a great way for you to feel that not only is uh, the recipient getting a really great experience, but the funds also going towards something good and great yeah at the same time we have a facebook fan page you can find us at social giver or you can email me directly alisa at socialgiver.com okay and so if you have any recommendations or suggestions on how we can improve what we do i'd love to hear about everybody's uh, feedback on this or suggesting any cool businesses that you know are socially conscious and would want to join, or even social projects that you know are doing great work, but may not be endorsed by a celebrity, (laughs) but really want to support them to uh, continue their work. I'd love to be able to get feedback from everybody. Thank you. You're listening to the Akin Asia podcast. Thank you so much, Alice, for sharing your experience with us. And we'll be back in the next couple of weeks with our next episode. In the meantime, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And we're also available on SoundCloud. Until next time.